This is their chance to change the narrative on what has been an absolutely disastrous season so far. But the quarterback returns, and we're talking about it on the Brandon Contis Jets podcast right now. Contis, I am a Contis. You better like me. I'm from Patchogue. Alrighty, nice job with the free music, YouTube. As always, you're listening to the Brandon Contest Jets podcast on SB Nation, episode 8 of my first ever sports podcast, where we'll keep it simple, we'll keep it short, never more than 20 minutes. If I have more to say, I'll just put it in another podcast, but I'm back from vacation, back from around the world in the tiny country of Malta, sitting in the Mediterranean between Sicily and Africa, and I did find a sports bar showing football games. I didn't catch the entire Jets game because my only option of watching them was on the Red Zone channel, and... As you know, the Jets were rarely in the red zone last week against the Eagles, but the Eagles were there more frequently, but even when they were, they they weren't drives that lasted long. So I caught some of the game, but I'm looking forward to getting back to being locked in this week against the Cowboys. And it's Saturday morning right now, so I don't know how many people are going to catch this pod before Sunday's game, so I'm going to keep this one brief. I just wanted to check in for a few minutes, chat about the Cowboys, chat about Sam Darnold being back, make sure my mic is still on, and Make sure I still have the credentials to to chat about the Jets, and then we'll be back shortly after the game against the Cowboys uh, to break that down in a little bit of a, a longer podcast after that. But I feel like some of these podcasts have felt familiar. Rip the Jets. That's been the theme. And they've certainly made it easy to do that. They've brought it upon themselves with the the awful play that we've gotten from the New York Jets this year. And injuries have played a role in it, sure. The 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 roster that Mike McCagnan, who's no longer the general manager, he played a role in, in why the team is 0-5 right now, staring at 0-6. But I, I don't want that to be the case. I don't want to just come on here and, and rip the team every single week. But it's, it's part of being a beaten-down fan as a, a Jets, Knicks, and Mets fan board in 1988. And never seeing a championship or never seeing sustained success from any of the teams that I root for. So it kind of comes with the territory. And at 0-5, at at potentially 0-6 feels inevitable now. A futile season feels inevitable. An offensive coach that has a historically bad offense where the league is showing fertile offensive numbers all around the league. Elsewhere at historic rates. But then the Jets, on the other hand, look like they're playing in a completely different era. And this was the year that the Jets were going to take the step forward, a second-year franchise quarterback, a new offense, a quarterback whisperer as a head coach, and it's been a disaster for a multitude of reasons, all of which have been well-documented throughout the first seven episodes of this podcast. But this is where it can change. This week is where it can change. The narrative can change. And it's all because Sam Darnold is back. And it has nothing to do with riding the ship and turning this into a, a playoff type of season because we know that's that's long gone. There's there's no way that this team is getting to the playoffs. And those those hopes that we had during the preseason, those hopes that we had when they were up 16 nothing against the Buffalo Bills that maybe this could be a playoff team, that's not happening. But at this point, the goal is to, to come out feeling optimistic that Sam Darnold is the guy going forward. And that's how Sam Darnold could change the narrative of this season by performing well and by showing that he can play and and fit in Adam Gase's system and that he has learned something from Adam Gase and that Adam Gase has helped Sam Darnold grow. But Sam Darnold is back. Adam Gase is confident. Yeah, I mean, he should be good. We should, we should not have him dying on the field. So we need, we, need, we need to do a better job protecting the quarterback. And we need to get the ball out on time. We need to run the right routes. It's got to be all of us. It's got to be the right play call. We have to do a better job as an entire unit. And that will help the quarterback. Do you think the O-line has gotten too much credit that it's really yeah. a lot of other things? I think it's, it's, it's all of us. I'm telling you, there was there's two play calls where I didn't put us in a good good spot. There's nobody open. I mean, took a shot, went eight-man protection. 
nobody was open because they had they played coverage. So it's it's all of us. We got to do a better job. We got to be on it. It's good to see that Adam Gase is confident that the offensive line will get Darnold killed because I'm not so sure that most Jet fans are. But, hey, look at that. Adam Gase taking some responsibility for the team's brutal performance. And at this point, what are we're at 17 points in 20 quarters for Adam Gase as the head coach of the New York Jets. 17 offensive points throughout 20 quarters of play, more than a quarter way, as we're approaching the halfway point of the, of the season this year. So, it's almost impossible for him to not point the finger at himself at least a little bit, and and he did there. But it's frustrating because when you look around the league and you see other Luke Falk types of stories and types of situations on other teams, and they, they look, those quarterbacks look not only competent, but they look impressive at times. They look exciting and hopeful, and they have creative offenses. And I, I'm talking Jacksonville. I'm talking Carolina and, and Pittsburgh to an extent. These quarterbacks that are drafted late, and were guys that teams had no expectation of ever playing, not, not only this year, but but maybe never playing ever. I, the Jacksonville Jaguars were not expecting Gardner Minshew to ever play quarterback for them. And that's one of the reasons that they seriously considered cutting him before the season start. Yet here he is now looking like a guy that could be a franchise quarterback for them going forward. So these guys that had no expectation of playing, that teams had no expectation of playing them, Yet they're producing, and then you see what Gase did with Luke Falk, and I'm not saying he needs to light the world on fire, but but show some creativity. Call, call a pass when we expect a run on first down. Open the playbook a little bit. Find Falk's strengths. You worked with him for two years. Find a way to get some production in three games. But it's disappointing to see how bad the offense was in those three games when you have a head coach that's supposed to be an offensive genius and you look around the league and you see other teams winning or, or playing competitively, competitively with quarterbacks that were late-round draft picks or, or undrafted. But it's no longer about that. It's about Sam Darnold now. And it's about seeing what Sam looks like in this offense, seeing what Sam looks like after an offseason with Adam Gase. And the hope is that Darnold looks like a top overall pick and shows those flashes of an elite production level. This is a guy that, that was viewed as a can't-miss quarterback, wasn't a reach when the Jets took him. It's not crazy to think it's possible that he actually is a magic wand and can hide all their deficiencies. But then the fear is the offensive line, the, the putrid offensive line that Mike McCagnan and Joe Douglas built. And I, I use both of them because Ryan Khalil is, is Douglas's responsibility, but you know I understand he was in a tough spot and trying to bring somebody in to help the offensive line and late in the offseason. There weren't many options that, that Douglas could turn to. But I'm confident that Sam won't die on the field, as Gase joked. I'm not confident that he lasts the entire game. I'm really not confident he lasts the entire season behind what might be the worst offensive line in football. And it can't help but make you think about the Andrew Luck situation in Indianapolis and draw comparisons between the two. But I'm not expecting a win tomorrow against the Cowboys. I just, I, I want to see competitive play. I want to see a competent offense in an era where teams are, are putting up op historic offensive numbers. I want to see a team that looks like they're, they fit and they belong in the NFL. And I don't think that's too much to ask. And the other, let's let's see something from Quinn and Williams, and especially from Leonard Williams on the defensive line. Leonard gets a pass every single year, and, and we're seeing it again this season as well. Earlier in the year, Brian Costello, who does a great job writing for the New York Post, and earlier in the year, he's talking about how Leonard Williams always seems to get a pass, and and everybody always seems to make excuses for Leonard Williams as to, as to why we don't see big numbers from him as a, a stud defensive lineman that he was drafted to be five years ago. 
And then you started to think a new regime. Maybe this is the year that Leonard Williams does not get a pass from everybody on the New York Jets. But then I wake up this morning and I see Costello has an article himself talking about how Leonard Williams does all the things that don't show up in the statistics. And and it's just uh, it's frustrating to see the, the transition already back to to making excuses from Brian Costello for Leonard Williams. But the Cowboys' offensive line is a little bit banged up. The Jets' defensive line is probably their strongest suit on, on what is a, an awful team. They're the home team. The D-line needs to be assertive. They need to assert themselves early and help out their cornerbacks. So let's see the Jets' defensive line make some noise, slow down the Cowboys' running game, maybe get a little pressure on Dak Prescott. And let's see the Jets' offensive line keep Darnold in for all four quarters. I'm not, I'm not even saying don't let him get hit. I'm saying just don't let him get knocked out. And let's see the offense look competent. And hopefully we can find something positive, some positive talking points for this team after the Cowboys game. I said I wanted to keep this brief since we're less than 30 hours from game time, so we're going to stop here. But we'll absolutely be back after the Cowboys game to chat about Week 7 of the NFL. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Condes Jets Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes, and as always, big up.